0: Welcome to the hang em up sports report podcast where you get your weekly sports updates news facts opinions and more If you're listening on spotify hit the follow button or if you're listening on apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button leave a rate and review Make sure you go check out the twitter page and drop a follow on there At Hang 'Em up srp Now enough of all that let's get into what you really want to hear What is up everybody welcome back to another episode on the podcast it feels good to be back recording it's been a few weeks since I've been able to release an episode but here I am on this fine Wednesday evening recording getting ready to talk some football we're talking the worst division in football but that's okay the NFC East also known as the NFC least couple of teams getting active in that division uh, talks are heating up, so we're gonna go over that. I'm excited. Let's get into it. All right, let's get into it. The NFC East. We're gonna be talking about the two teams that have been active in talks and in signings the last few days, um, and then at the end, I'll kind of wrap up with maybe if you missed it, kind of news uh, of the other two teams, which are gonna be the Eagles and the Cowboys. But first is the Washington football team. Um, the Washington football team has been active so far. They're coming fresh off of an NFC East division title uh, with a finishing record of seven and nine. They recently just gave veteran quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick a one-year, $10 million deal, which creates an interesting a QB kind of situation, a QB trio, if you would, with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, and Kyle Allen now. Uh, I don't really want to speculate here on what's going to happen with that trio, especially because this isn't really my team. But honestly, this is my podcast, so I'm going to give you my opinion on what I'm going to do or what I would do. Um, Listen, if I'm the Washington football team, I'm rolling with my day one starter as Taylor Heineke. Day one starter. Because, and there's a reason for this. Because right off the bat, you're going to be able to see what he can do. It's a win-win scenario if Taylor Heineke starts off the season as the starter for the Washington football team. In the regard that he either continues his success from where he left off after those one-and-a-half games uh, towards the tail end of last season, going into the postseason uh, against the Bucks, or he completely and absolutely stinks it up, proves that it was only a fluke, and at that point, which at that point you have a viable veteran quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick to go in there and save the day, so to speak. Um so really, that's the way that I would approach that situation. But you never know. Ryan Fitzpatrick has hung around in this league for long enough, and he's streaky enough to be that day one starter if, if the Washington football team coaching staff really wanted to pursue that option. Um, like I said, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is a streaky quarterback. When he gets it going, he starts slinging that ball, he can be dangerous when he's off and he's not playing so well, he's a pick machine. You don't know what you're going to get from Ryan Fitzpatrick week after week. It's kind of like a toss-up uh each week he goes out there, but listen, the Washington football team has been active and they also just brought in a brand new addition which was breaking news today uh and they added to their arsenal of offensive weapons signing Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel uh is a former Panther And he had a fantastic season last season. He just signed a three-year, $34.5 million deal with Washington. And he's going to be joining in an up-and-coming offensive group, an underrated offensive group, I should say, uh, that is comprised of Terry McLaurin, Cam Sims, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, and now him. Um... And I say that they are underrated for a reason here, because, you know, when I look at those names, I don't necessarily think, oh, wow, they're fantastic. They're going to go and light it up. No, but they certainly can light it up if they really wanted to. And it's really going to depend on the quarterback play. It's going to depend on who uh, Washington throws out there to be the quarterback and how they perform. Um... You can throw out as many weapons as you'd like, but if your quarterback is not doing the job, obviously they saw it with Haskins. It, it, it's really hard to do anything at that point, honestly. Um, but listen, I like that. I like what they're doing. I think the offensive group and what they're doing and building on that offensive side of the ball, it is good. They need to do better, but but it's getting there. Curtis Samuel definitely helps. I like Curtis Samuel. Uh, I was looking for the Giants to potentially sign him. if it fell through, uh, if a deal with another team fell through, but we'll get on a little bit more on the Giants situation here in a second. But listen, as of right now, the Washington football team has a viable number one and number two receiving option in uh, Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Uh, Samuel, sorry. So now their draft situation becomes that much more complicated in my opinion. In one of my episodes, my previous episodes with my guest, Jesse, we outlined potentially what the Washington football team could do with their current number 19 overall pick. Uh, I had them taking Mac Jones if he was there and he fell to them. And I still do have that. That is still my scenario. Because the way you look at it is that none of the, the current quarterbacks they have in their roster... Not Heineke, at least so So I think right now, as of right now. Not Heineke, not Kyle Allen, nor is old man Fitzpatrick going to be long-term solutions for this team and this franchise, especially if they're trying to build a championship caliber roster at some point. They need their franchise guy, especially after the failure of Haskins, who they thought could be that guy. They need to be smart. They need to invest in the future. They're building all the pieces on both sides of the ball now, right? Their defense was elite. We knew that. But they're building on offense now. So they need that final piece. They need the quarterback. They need what ties it all together is that quarterback. So I'm still looking at Mac Jones there. Um will it surprise me if they go and wait another year to address this QB issue? Not really. They can survive a year with with the the QBs they have now. It won't surprise me at all. But listen, if I'm the Washington football team straight up, I'm pulling the trigger on Mac Jones if he's there. Um They can take a linebacker as well. That wouldn't be a bad option. They need to fill a linebacker spot, but I'm all in on Mac Jones if I'm the Washington football team. I know a lot of people will disagree with me there, but listen, it's time that the Washington football team truly invest in their franchise quarterback. They did with Haskins, it didn't work out. They need to take another shot because that's what's gonna hinder them. If they find any success, that's gonna be the spot that hinders them. So address it. Um, that's my take on the Washington football team. If you all listen to this podcast, let me know if you think differently. If you agree, then also let me know. But that is what I think on the Washington football team. Uh, again, that's not my team. That's just, if I was the GM or if I was in some sort of coaching position there, that's how I'd be thinking of it. Uh, let's move on to my squad though. Let's talk some New York football giants who have also had some news coming out of this off season and let's transition more into that. All right, let's move on to my squad, the New York football Giants. Listen up. Up until this point in the offseason, it's only been a few days, but it's already been highly depressing. Shocker. I mean, all my teams just seem to bring me pain all the time. Um, We were able to land Leonard Williams a long-term deal after franchise tagging him twice. Dave Gettleman finally pulls off the long term ish deal, I guess, for three years, which is which is awesome because Leonard Williams is a stud. Uh, he killed it for us when we traded it for him from the Jets, and um, but in the process of giving Leonard Williams that deal, we just couldn't afford our other guy on the defensive line, and that's Dalvin Tomlinson, our standout defensive tackle. Uh, we lost him to the Minnesota Vikings. Such a brutal loss. Uh, I think the Vikings gave him two years, 21, 22 million, something like that. The Giants just couldn't do it. We're strapped for money this season. And that's just something that wasn't in the cards for us. All of, All of the Giants fan base knew this was going to happen. Dave Gettleman took a chance on Leonard Williams trading for him. There was no way he was going to let Leonard Williams walk into free agency. So the odd man out just happened to be Dalvin Tomlinson, who is an absolute stud. Minnesota Vikings fans should be absolutely ecstatic for that. Um, But I hope he balls out for them because he's a tremendous player. He's one hell of a player. So I really wish the best of luck to Dalvin over there in Minnesota. We also... Uh, lost our backup running back, Wayne Gallman. He's going to hit free agency. This loss doesn't hit as hard as the Dalvin Tomlinson loss, but just seeing how much of a phenomenal job Wayne Gallman did... Uh, filling in for Saquon last year when Saquon went down is just such a demoralizing kind of loss. You just don't want to see a guy like Wayne Gallman leave your team. Wherever he ends up, I hope he gets that one year prove it deal. I hope he ends up killing it and I hope he gets a long term deal after that because if you watched him at all last season, if you're a fan of any team in the NFC East, You'll know that Wayne Gallman is is truly special. He's a hard runner. He's a yards after contact kind of guy and you need those type of runners on your squad if you want to have any sort of valuable run game. Um especially if your offensive line is a little bit lacking and 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 that's what Wayne Gallman provides. Other than that, those two guys like I said, Dalvin Tomlinson hurt a lot. Wayne Gallman was more of a demoralizing kind of um character kind of loss. On the team, uh, that true ground and pound kind of guy. Um, we were able to do a couple things, I guess. Up until this point, we signed Devonte Booker uh, to back up Saquon. I guess he's kind of filling in the role of Wayne Gallman. Uh, he's a decent guy. I guess he's che- he's going to be cheaper than Wayne Gallman would be because. Wayne Gallman was able to show what he was uh, able to to do, what he's able to do last season. But Devontae Booker is not bad. It's just not the news that us Giants fans are itching for. You know what I mean? Like, we're not excited for a backup running back signing. We want more. Um, we also were able to sign ex-Bengal player John Ross, wideout John Ross, to a one-year cheap prove-it deal as well, which I'm actually kind of excited to see how this one plays out. I don't mind this deal at all. It's a very low-risk, high-reward signing. Um, And that's because Ross has just really underperformed his potential while he he was uh, in Cincinnati. He set the the record, the NFL record, the combine record for the 40-yard, the fastest 40-yard dash time. He just has not lived up to his full potential in Cincinnati, and he's had a couple of injuries in between. So maybe, just maybe, a change of scenery could help him out uh, in terms of getting back on the right track, and that's what all of us are hoping for. So if he could become a viable wide receiver number four, maybe three for us, I don't want to say three because, you know, I'll tell you why I don't want to say number three, but If he could could have some success, the the long ball, the deep pass, deep routes are going to be crucial. Daniel Jones had one of the highest completion percentages, highest percentages on deep balls last season. If Jason Garrett is able to at at least become a little bit competent, just a little bit, that's all I'm asking for. That's all we're asking for, I should say. Then, Then that should be the main goal is getting John Ross involved on those go routes. Um, but the reason why I said John Ross might not be in the uh, hunt for the, the wide receiver three position is reportedly, reportedly, don't mix my words, reportedly, the Giants will be meeting with star wideout Kenny Galladay sometime tomorrow. Like I said, I'm recording this episode on Wednesday night. Sometime on Thursday, the Giants and Kenny Galladay will be meeting in person and it has said from various credible sources that I've looked up, credible sources, not bogus, credible sources, um, that the two sides have deep mutual interest. Take that with a grain of salt, please. Coming from me especially because I'm a fan of teams who get into these type of situations all the time. It happened with Matt, the Mets and George Springer, and it's happened multiple occasions before then. It, I don't want to say anything's going to be concrete, and I don't even want to say that anything's looking good because I'm going to jinx it. So let's not have that happen. I just want to tell you what the news is. Um, listen, Kenny Galladay is coming in for a meeting tomorrow. He's a star wide receiver. He has one. Table or one offer on the table currently, and that's from the Cincinnati Bengals. That offer is a one year prove it deal. They're offering him one year prove it to us, then we'll extend you. If the Giants, barring any type of swooping of any team, if the Giants are able to beat what Cincinnati is offering, then it looks like a good sign. Like I said, don't don't mix my words. It looks like a good sign that the Giants will be able to land him. Um, and honestly, I'm excited for that. I think that we really need and could use a guy like Kenny Galladay. Um, he would be a great addition. He's, Galladay is 27 years of age. He has two seasons with 1,000-plus yards under his belt out of the four total seasons that he's been in the league. He has an injury history that's a little bit of a concern. Um, he's been plagued with injuries, especially last season. He missed a bunch of games due to injuries. But his playmaking ability is absolutely elite. If he could just just evade these injuries, which I know is easier said than done, but it would, this would be a huge addition for this Giants team who currently lacks a true number one receiving option. I mean, if we're able to land Kenny Galladay, he could join a wide receiver core of himself, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and Dante Pettis. And possibilities are are endless at that point with our number 11 pick in the draft. I mean, you could have Kyle Pitts if he falls uh, from Florida. You could have Jalen Waddle from Alabama if he falls. And we can just bolster up this offensive threat that, that we could potentially have with the signing of Kenny, Kenny Galladay plus the draft. Um, I think this offense can be dangerous if both of those opportunities are utilized, especially with Saquon moving uh, uh, moving forward and coming back this season. This offensive line for the Giants is still a huge question mark, as it usually is with this team, uh, so I wouldn't mind the Giants going Rashawn Slater, uh, the offensive lineman, At pick 11, if he falls to bolster this offensive line. But that being said, this offensive line is still very young. And they have a lot to prove. They've only been in the league for two to three years max. Some of them only one. Uh, They have a lot to prove, but they're also young. So I want to see how that plays out. And I want to see how the Giants address that. But that's all I had on the Giants Um, I, that's all I had on the Washington football team and the Giants. I guess the only other moves from the NFC East, minus some, some, uh, some cuts or some roster moves, like little roster moves, would be the two quarterback situations for the Cowboys and Eagles. The, the Cowboys were finally able to extend Dak on a long-term deal. They get their franchise quarterback. They're confident in him. They gave him, pretty much a mega deal. I forgot what the the numbers and the figures were on that deal, but it was pretty massive. And um, they're able to land him. Their defense stinks over there in Dallas, so they need to focus on some defense. And the Eagles uh, were able to trade away Carson Wentz to the Colts. Now, that's interesting, though, because the Eagles also need offensive weapons. They're in the market for a wide receiver. And Their only quarterback, their only starting quarterback that's on the roster is Jalen Hurts. And he's only had like half a season under his belt. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the Eagles do in this draft at that number six pick. And what the Eagles do is going to have a high influence on what the Giants do. So this NFC East kind of free agency and draft scenario moving into this next month or so until the draft starts is going hand in hand. It's going hand in hand. So please keep tabs on this. If you're interested, if you're a fan of any team in the NFC East, keep tabs of what's going on. I'm here to give you the latest news. I gave you it. Um, But this, this, no matter how bad this division is going to be, it's going to shape out to be another close race this season. And as of right now, My unbiased pick is going to be the Washington football team, just currently based off of their momentum from last season, plus the current roster that they have on paper right now. But like I said, anything can happen in this next month or so. So pay attention to that. Uh, thank you all for tuning into this episode. I wanted to make this episode, uh, real quick, you know, during the night and, uh, probably release it tomorrow morning. And because I haven't released one in, you know, a little bit, so I want to get back into that. Make sure you tune in to more episodes as they come out. And until next time, peace out.